0: Welcome to the Co-Workers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney.
1: Where every believer is a co-worker in God's mission. Welcome, friends. We are excited to have a friend joining us today as we're continuing our series on the core missionary task. So welcome, Leapok. So excited to have you talk and share because you are a good friend of ours and we love your family and we've been able to work with you for several years. In South Asia, so we're really excited to introduce you to our listeners.
2: Yeah, thank you. So it's a privilege to be here, and I was always thinking, when is Jesse going to call me? <laughs> there was a holy jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> holy
1: jealousy. Thanks for the honesty. Yeah, we appreciate that's right.
0: That. That's well, yeah. we talked about it a while back. I think yes. it's it's not a podcast until you interview Leepak. So we've been waiting and waiting. You know this is this is finally what's going to break us through.
1: Yeah. This is it. And brother, you should be happy that the chiefs just won because otherwise Jesse would be in a terrible mood for this it's conversation. True. Oh, okay, so yeah. <laughs> this yeah.
0: this would be a really bad interview otherwise, but we just pulled it out. It was a squeaker as always. Uh-huh. And so it's now the day can begin. It's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're continuing our series on the core missionary task. We've walked through The parts entry, evangelism, discipleship. We spent two episodes actually talking with Nathan about church formation. And we specifically, even as we were thinking about this series from the very beginning, we wanted you to speak on this topic on leadership development and multiplication. We kind of had to track you down, you know, had to get you even when you're out of our city uh, just to make this work. But we really thought your voice was the voice that was needed here uh, to speak specifically to this issue. And those of our listeners who do know you, those who maybe have heard you before know and have heard your heart for this particular issue. And even much more than that, I think the way that the Lord has used you over the years, it's so evident. As we even last week, I was sitting in your living room with the group of leaders that, by God's grace, you and Asong have raised up in the city over the past several years. And just to see, man, the evidence of God's grace in that. The particular gifting and calling, I think, that you have for that as well, that's on display in your ministry. And we just thought, who better to talk about this topic? Who better to, for our people to hear from than you when it comes to leadership development and multiplication? So, really excited about that.
1: Can we tell our listeners a bit more about who Heepak yeah. is? Yeah. Not everyone the man, knows the man Epoch. who needs no introduction. That's right. <laughs> He's a member of our team here in our city. Mm-hmm doing the same work that we do, pursuing multiplying churches in our city. And Lepak also came to our city, even though you're Indian, you came as a missionary because Lepak is from a part of India, Nagaland in the Northeast, a state that when you visit there, you feel like you're in a different country kind yeah. of because of such a different culture, but felt God leading him to come to our city after having seen a ton of fruit where he's from, but now in our city and pursuing that same vision. And so working alongside our team, but also has his own team in our city um, of local believers.
0: And work that extends far beyond our city as well. True. Really yes. in a nationwide way. Yeah. Working with leaders, training up leaders, multiplying leaders in churches all throughout our country. Several and even days. and even beyond. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So and also a fan. Most importantly, of Kansas City sports teams, he pulls for <laughs> the Chiefs and the Royals, which that really just has endeared him to us. And no Kansas
1: Yorker. City beef. I think he likes our meat.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I like the farm place also.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've been on the farm as well. Yeah. The only
2: thing I require is a new Chiefs hat.
0: Okay, we can do that. No problem.
1: <laughs> be yours. That's, a,
0: that's a done deal. Yeah.
1: That's your compensation yeah. for the interview. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done deal.
0: <laughs> Good. Well, as we talk about developing leaders, I uh, just want to start with, as you look at the Word, as you reflect on your experience, as you reflect on your life doing this kind of work, when you look to the Word, what are some of the main places you're going to look to to say, hey, this is what the Word shows us about developing leaders? These have maybe been the passages you've turned to over the years to say, hey, this is, this is where the Lord is showing us, and this is how we lead from, um, this is how we pour into leaders as we're multiplying and developing them.
2: Well, uh, no doubt we look into like books like um, Acts fourteen, mm-hmm. where Paul intentionally, when he was about to leave, he's uh, choosing the elders, appointing elders, and also even Acts six, even though it was just deacons, they needed uh, leaders to help the work. That mm-hmm. means no man can do the work alone. It just mm-hmm. it just uh, speaks to me that. I cannot do the work alone. I need to raise up many leaders. If I have to see Habakkuk 214 happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so, since the time of uh, the ministry beginning, uh, I was always trying to raise up leaders. Many a times, I would outsource them to some institutions. Mm-hmm. But again, like, but until I came and received training uh, from our mentors. Then I I realized that there needs to be a lot of on the job training because Mm -hmm. without leaders, no matter how big my vision would be, I would be exhausted. And so Mm -hmm. there was there was a need for me to raise up leaders. And Paul also, if I look into Paul's life, every time he was like pouring into somebody and really doing an on the job training with a lot Mm -hmm. of the leaders there where he poured it.
0: That's right. We see him alongside of Paul, right? He's just taking them alongside as he's going out and doing the work. And you have been. I've just watched that over the years of how you or maybe I should say there's a temptation sometimes for us to lead like from meetings or from trainings. And you have modeled so well leading from the field, just being out with people, meeting people where they're at, sharing life with them. I think that's just such a huge thing. I want to go back real quick to Acts 14 because I actually learned this from watching you. Not just talking about the scriptures, but, you know, the appointing of elders. I would love for people to hear, because I think we get this question quite a bit, actually, from people who are trying to practice. Like, what does it look like when the time for appointing elders comes? You know, you've been out in a new field. You've seen people come to Christ. You're gathering them together. There's a church that started. How has that looked like for you practically in the field as you've tried to live out Acts 14 of appointing elders?
2: Well, one thing is very sure, Jesse. Uh, nothing pops out like popcorn. Time mm. is the factor. Good. Nothing pops out. Uh, when you enter into a pioneering context, you don't just see elders overnight. It's mm. a question of a lot of watching, assisting, and really watching how they live their lives. How yeah. are they taking care of their wives? We have mm. to be very intentional about putting First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus in the front. Uh, Hmm. Keeping that in mind. And I've been having Bible study groups with them. And there were instances where I had to sit with the chief of, he was like the natural leader. And he was the chief of the village. And the Hmm. whole village came to faith. This is among the Chakma people. But Uh when I opened the scripture and we started to look into the qualification, immediately when it talks about the husband of one wife, the chief had two wives. And I said, brother, look at this. It was a <laughs> And nobody was hurt because it wasn't me who was speaking, but the word was there to speak into him. I said, brother, so I'm not going to say you're not going to be a leader, but you will not come into the role of an elder because of this. These are people who are looking at the scripture for the first time and we mm. we're looking into scripture for the first time in their own heart language where we're looking at all the character aspects and everything. And so the chief, who was actually the leader, was disqualified. But that was in a very good, friendly environment. Mm -hmm. So these are things that just comes up because time is the factor. As you spend Mm -hmm. more time in the field, you see how their lives are. There are many cultures that are not redeemed yet. And so... If you, if you model it and if you speak by experience, saying that, hey, I, I love my wife, I serve my wife, some people who come to my house, they get surprised because I'm cooking. In the Indian culture, it's the wife who cooks, right? These are small things that portray a bigger message. That's just cooking. And so there's a time of time investment and a lot of mm-hmm. watching and mentoring yeah. Before we say we're going to appoint elders, sometimes there's a danger when you move too fast just because you want the church to be established. There are times when the church can split because you have chosen the wrong leaders.
0: That's good. That's such a good word. I think even coming from you, people who would know your background and know how much movement and multiplication that you have been involved in to hear from you also, man, that's so important to take our time, right? do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. That was Paul's instruction to Timothy, right? That you can really fall into some some bad things if we become hasty in trying to rush that process. But I do love, and this is what I've seen, again, this is what I learned from you, is sitting down as a church, as a whole, and walking through the qualifications, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, for an elder, and just letting the word speak to the whole congregation, right? Not even just to a few or those that you think may be the ones who are on their way to eldership but letting the word speak to the whole congregation so that everybody has a stake in it. Those passages are actually pretty clear. And I think it's a it's a great example of like you said pioneering work. When people are encountering those passages for the first time, it is really clear. There's no need to complicate it, right? It's just like, hey, these are the qualifications. Let's observe, let's talk about it, and let's as the church discuss who's ready to step into that role as an elder. Hopefully Folks who are laboring out there alongside of us, maybe in pioneering contexts, or maybe even in established contexts, where I think our tendency is to add add other things to the qualifications, right? To yeah keep like heaping on new things, just to clear some things away and say, hey, let's just stick with what the Bible says, which is almost all character qualifications, with the one caveat being able to teach, right? Almost everything else is yeah, hey, this is how they live their lives.
2: A lot of things emphasis on character, not mm-hmm. on the extra biblicals and there's a tendency that many times we look into the extra biblical and put that Mm. as the main focus and -hmm. that's where we need to sit together and look into that first timothy three and titus one and really talk to them that there is no mention about any formal education but some fields do focus too much on that extra biblical of that Mm. qualification where they need some Mm. formal education it is good, but we need to be able to say to the church that what if his character is not right? So let us not jump to conclusions before we appoint elders or mm-hmm. even deacons.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I think like you mentioned, there's just so much of the training that happens on the way, in the midst yeah. of the work, as you're sharing life together. What are some other biblical principles that you would say? You know, when you said, don't be hasty, don't rush it. Look clearly to the scripture, to the qualifications there. But as you're going on the way, what are some other principles from the Bible that you've applied over time to help us as we're raising up leaders?
2: Well, as you are doing a lot of on-the-job training, walking, uh walking with them, sleeping mm-hmm. and eating with them, there's a lot of ongoing things that we're always watching out for. When I look into people, I want to really see how they're the first Thessalonians 2 8 where Paul said, I did not only share the gospel, but my life. And Mm. so I look into how many strange people are in his house that are Mm. not of his biological family. Mm. And this is a guy who sees that he cares and loves for his flock. A guy who does not care and love the flock, you see the house empty. He will meet the strange people only in church. Mm. But a guy who opens his home to strange people and the dining room is always full of strange people. This is a guy who has a shepherd's heart. You have an apostolic vision, mm-hmm. but you have a shepherd's heart. Mm-hmm. Where you love your flock. That's non-negotiable. Jesse, you can do, we can do a lot of ministry. Raise up a lot and lot of so-called leaders. Because they are being paid or something like that. But if you don't love them and you don't have that relationship built up with them. For me, that ministry is not deep yet.
1: Brother, before our call, I wrote down three things I wanted to make sure you talked about that are like my lessons from lepak okay? That I have learned from you that we've talked about. And the number one thing was loving people. That is the number one thing. comes out in your leadership is that you just genuinely love people and sometimes when we're doing this work we can be looking for the perfect partner and we have all these things in mind they have to be multiplying however i've been really surprised over and over how much potential you see in really ordinary new believers that you get so excited and you see so much potential in them and really believe god's going to use them in great ways and you invest in them and i think there's probably hundreds of people who would call you a spiritual father because of your love and generosity and your home is regularly full of people that you're caring for and so strange lots of strange people strange people strangers distant relatives to me it's always been a good reminder that you can know the strategy, you can have all the principles in place, but really that loving and generous heart is more powerful than knowing the perfect CMT strategy. We saw it more clearly when we went with you to your home place and so many people were coming That you had invested in and that considered you kind of a spiritual father to them so i'd just love for you to talk about how that became so important to you
2: so everything is relational as you pour into people's love care for them love them the the return you may not get a thank you but sometimes there's a lot of loyalty and even respect and they call me as their spiritual father because I've loved them and poured my life into them. A lot of second chances involved with mm-hmm. in people who have fallen away. Sometimes in ministry, it's like we need to be a Barnabas, time and time. Mm-hmm. You cannot just be like a strategist thinking about strategy, strategy. You're so good at that. But if you don't build on the relationship, I mean, church planning movements spread out organically. And how does it spread out organically? It is because something has been built inside, the DNA has been built inside that it is flowing organically. So it's like when they see our lives, or even our leaders' lives. When I went to Gujarat and had to spend time with Michael, or with even with Kathmandu, going to spend time with Kiran, I see that they exemplify the same thing. And I and I try to hear a lot of testimonies from others who are there so that i do not make mistakes that yes. people would say i respect our pastor because he loves us and i would even observe that he's also his house is also filled with strange people right so it's like then i see that okay first timothy uh, first Thessalonians 28 this guy is sharing his life now yes. all i need to do is put some strategy Give him some principles on multiplication, and this guy would be a potential leader for the next yeah. for the next stream. And so not everybody comes ready-made in terms of strategy and the church planning principles. <laughs> but as we rub shoulders, we know that they are teachable, available, yeah. and faithful. And then the reproducing part is when you put the simple tool in front of them, right? Especially when you talk about the priesthood. And examples of the priesthood, right? Uh, Talk about John 4 or Mark 5, or even talk about the scattered believers. It just inspires them that I am also a priest, right? And that's what happened in Gujarat, where Mm. simple worship leaders became dynamic church planters. In fact, Michael has more level 4 leaders now than any any string, and even Kiran. That's the part where you share your life. You invest in the right person and you watch his life and he's got it. It's just that now his heart, hands, I see it's right. And his head is right. And now his practice is about what can I put a simple tool in him so that he will learn it. Nobody comes ready made. Even though I dump him the whole four fields at one time, maybe that's going to take time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of saying, okay, going to the field, trying to model a simple gospel presentation, trying to model a simple discipleship lesson in front of them. Once they get it, in fact, Michael even went to the point of making discipleship lessons on his own, Mm. apart from the seven commands, every passage from the gospels, he had made it into simple drawings where he's made it so easy for oral learners to Mm. to pick it up and reproduce it. And so Mm. it's like, hey, Michael, you're doing the best job. And you look into this picture that just talks about the doctrine of Christology or Mm. the doctrine of the omnipotence, omnipresence of God. All the big words is summed up in one picture, right? I said, you can create deep theology out of just one picture. And so it's like applauding him for the right reasons and saying, you're doing a great job. And that guy, so he's like, am I doing it right? There's always that hesitancy, like, <laughs> if I, should I do this? And so when I meet him, I'm surprised he's made that. I say, good job. You've dug into even, we can teach deep theology out of some of the pictures that you have drawn. And when that kind of a, encouragement and the fuel is being poured is on the run mm. and sometimes when you see that kind of a person who is now faithful available teachable and reproducing all he needs is more encouragement and more mm. resources put the mm. resources is on the run michael is a solid example mm-hmm. i mean kiran is also number one they have yeah. gone beyond the boundaries of even beyond where i could go Being the rail insider, they have taken up the whole of central India and the north. That's it. And and Kiran has covered the seven provinces now. These are the people that we want to invest, but then again, I have to be very careful. Am I spending too much time celebrating their fruit and getting in their way? So it's a question of how much time you should spend with them, how much time you need to know that, Is serving as my tourist guide. Visionaries can get in the way of a guy who can do multiple things when he's guiding you, taking to some places. And so I am very careful of getting in the way of, especially the people who have so much potential of multiplying.
0: Man, that's such a good word. I think just so evident of your heart in it. I think... A big part of leadership development is giving things away, passing responsibility off, seeing people grow into it. And I think, like you just said, sometimes removing ourselves. We've said over the years that sometimes the greatest gift we give to our partners is our absence, is that by not being there, not being the person that they're always looking to or asking, you know, is this okay for me to do, but really just letting them be led by the word and the spirit. And continue to move forward in the local context that they're in you know as they're looking out reaching out to other people around them for those types of advice i think again you just have modeled that so well and it's a it's a heart posture we've talked about it many times in our meetings that all of these things like you said leadership development is really starts with and continues with the heart like where is our heart are we loving our people well but also for us to frame for ourselves what is success really You mentioned it even as you're mentioning two of these guys that you've been running with for a long time that I've met as well, that, man, they're doing far better than I could. And so to even have that heart posture of my goal for my disciples is for them to exceed the ministry that I'm doing, for them to move beyond what I'm doing. And I've seen you just model that.
1: And for our listeners, Kiran and Michael are both Indian leaders Mm -hmm. that Pak is working with.
2: Yeah. So the hard issue, just, it just didn't come overnight. Um, mm-hmm. When I was planting a lot of churches in the Northeast um, and forming associations, because that place in the Northeast is full of like traditional churches, I have to respect the convention. And so when we uh, planted churches among the missing tribe, the work got so big and the Lord just allowed us to see movements happen. Four districts, associations were formed by themselves. Wow. And that was the time when people were saying, I came to make my own denomination. That mm-hmm. was when I heard that. And the only way to shut that voice out, that I did not come to make a denomination, was to give away all the fruits existing conventions. Mm-hmm. When I gave it away, It was now a new season because now that all the whole of the Northeast people, the leaders began to know my intention. Mm. I was not there to make my kingdom nor my organization. I was being very careful of building organizations. Organizations are good, but I would rather have relational, like-minded who are have the same passion, who have the same vision and strategy to come together as a coalition and work together, then form organizations and where I could have a title. Titles sometimes are good in some contexts, but when it comes to, when you're talking about priesthood of all believers, I want to tell people that, okay, you may be a new believer, but you and I are in the same category when it comes to us being in the Lord. And so I'm no holier than now. And so if I have a title, there is the pre- assumption that people would, new believers would say my prayer is holier. And so they would come to me for seeking for prayer or mm. everything is dependent on me. And so I've been very careful about that piece. But that giving away kingdom, I could hold on and make an organization out of Iran and Michael and all the teams that I've built. That was a thing, the heart issue that the Lord just intervened in my heart that I cannot do some things that are uncontrollable. because Mm. church running movements are uncontrollable. It was just like Kiran can just run with it. Michael can just run with it. And you cannot control that and start making an organization. That would be a CPM killer. I've been very, um, over the years, because I have, good mentors like you or Nathan the hard issue was always a factor in terms mm. of in terms of church planting
0: yeah
2: do I, do is this guy my captive agent is this guy just because I help him financially is this guy my staff that's yeah. a word that I try to take away from my dictionary I would rather relate with the Kartik or a Devon as a brother in Christ yeah. even though money is involved i am mm. very careful that they do not relate to me as a, a boss and my em- employer employer relationship yeah yeah and so even in leadership that's that's something that i have been very intentional mm. and i and I, because i have seen the bad side of it where organizations because of the titles and everything you become very like you focus only on your organization and how yeah. to build it yeah and that's something that's not that's not going to help in church planning movements
1: so you mentioned the heart issues and that's been a theme throughout our conversation and i was thinking about how in many of our trainings with a lot of our local partners we have seen the power of just very intentionally talking about those invisible secret heart issues that we all have inside us that affect our work and our relationship with the Lord. And so much so that we've made it a habit in our trainings. We always have a session on heart issues, right? Man kibate, like we say in Hindi. And I have observed with my sister, local sisters here, that that is usually the most powerful session of the whole training for them when we make space for the Holy Spirit to really work in their hearts to reveal pride or maybe some wounds that need healing, just different things that we lead them and into bringing into the light. And I think you've really modeled for us how to do that. So could you talk more about that?
2: Well, in fact, um, I've modeled it, but it was Jesse who really uh, gave me that trigger about really when we talk about the abiding tool, right? Walking in the light. That's so important. You can plant a thousand churches, but if your heart is not right, you have not glorified God. Your disciples may be like super spreaders, but if your heart is still not right, you have not glorified God. And so the numbers of churches is like, It matters, but the main thing is us. How are we relating with our father, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are so so many wounds that are hidden, so many scars that are there, that one thing I've learned in my past, uh, even as I attended Narcotic Anonymous, Alcoholic Anonymous, one thing I had learned, even when I was not safe, was that to be honest Mm -hmm. about my feelings. And so I don't hesitate to talk about my darkness so that I would speak it out and it would not hold me. And so when you talk about, Jesse, when you talked about walking in the light, Mm -hmm. that just was a light bulb to me. Because if I don't walk in the light and if I don't and put it in the, expose it in the light, my darkness, all my past hurts and all my sins that I commit, I don't put it in the light. We are not really clean vessels when you talk about you can be the best strategy coordinator talking about and just doing the forefield so well. But if our heart is not right, that's something that really needs to be checked. That's something that I learned from the under your leadership that mm-hmm. of we don't talk too much about strategy. Everybody has their own strategy. But the heart issue, That that's something that is so important.
0: That There's God.
2: It's all about worship. yeah. Right? And we cannot go to God with worship with an unconfessed sin. And that has mm. been very important to me also.
0: Yeah. yeah, that is such a good word. I hope that our listeners, again, maybe those who know you, maybe by reputation or have heard you in another context, to know truly, like we have seen, we've witnessed the fruit over the years and many have of your church planting work. And so I think that's why it's so much more impactful for them to hear from you that the heart is the most important thing i think like you said and you you live this out to me um probably better than anybody that i know you mentioned it earlier an apostolic vision with a pastoral heart i really feel like that is the key to seeing the things that we want to see to really growing the kingdom is when you bring those things together and to think about that those heart issues that are right there like living through love truly seeing Again, like further on, I'm gonna steal yours again from first First Thessalonians two, that truly seeing our leaders as our joy and our crown, right? Really seeing yeah. their success as our reward. And uh again, you just man, you live that out so well. One one final question. I think I know that a lot of our coworkers who are Westerners hear your testimony and super encouraged by it. And I think also they're thinking, maybe they're thinking like, Oh, I want I want to be like Park, And I think it's important for us to see, even in our relationship, what I've seen over the years is that I want to emulate the things that you, who you are and what you do and how you live, even what we talked about here at these principles for leadership development, but also recognizing like I'm an outsider, that there is a different, there's a different relationship that you have with your local team than I would have with a local team. And that that's okay. that that's not like a bad thing and it's not something we should strive to get over. But It's just a matter of figuring out, like, where do we fit? Because I think as as I think about your relationship, you know, you mentioned there's you know, you don't lean on titles. It's not organizational. I've seen the guys, everybody, a lot of the people you refer that you work with, they call you Daju, which is Nepali for big brother. And you just you exemplify that relationship how it's supposed to be like the south asian big brother you love you care for you support you provide you're there you're also like pushing them forward and there's shades of that i think that we can adopt as outsiders but how have you seen westerners function best in this this conversation about leadership development what's the role that we play how do we fit in and really do what the lord has asked us to do in the midst of this recognizing maybe like i'm not going to be the leapuk but there i have a i have a role to play
2: well it's a journey. It's a long journey to be where God has put me. Mm. And there has been a lot of seasons of learning and learning. Mm. That is all learning. And so I've made mistakes, a lot of mistakes. I poured into leaders that are not ready. Those are all the journeys that has brought me till today. Mm. But for a Westerner, nobody is a Jesse. God has placed you in a you and Shania in a different box where you have learned our culture, you have learned to be like an Indian. And in fact, you look more Indian sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so so, but like for a foreigner to be able to come into context and work in a cross-cultural context would be like, don't expect that to happen overnight. There's mm. intentionality of and learning a lot of the baggages that you've brought in, you from most of them are from seminaries. Sometimes they're so in a hurry to get into the harvest and start teaching, teaching, teaching. But there's a season where they need to slow down and be able to say pray, and then walk with the nationals and do a lot of learning mm. and take a small bite-sized word of encouragement and. And a season of just learning and unlearning a lot of that before they can become a person like you or a mm. Nathan Shank or a mm. Jared Hawk. But there's a tendency that everybody wants to, they have not known your journeys. You've mm. also gone ups and downs. You have worked with some nationals that has brought back that good results. And these okay. are some things that we honestly need to talk with them so that We always want to talk about these are good things, but we have to talk about the things that have even you faced so that they don't get into that. So, for an American to come into the harvest field, loving on the nationals, that's a non negotiable, Uh, and then showing grace in spite of their English, in spite of you see some uh, habits that are not good. Okay, let's not just uh, immediately judge on them, but spend good time if it is the right right partner that God has already planned for you, that's going to be a journey where you're going to walk together with that national, where mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron. I mean, there's always that that point where even not only the national is being so, uh, sharpened, but the the expat is also being sharpened. So I would say everybody aspires to be like you when they jump into the field. But you didn't get to this point overnight. That's something that every American needs to understand that there was a lot of even for you, you may be a doctorate, but you have gone down to be like uh, First Peter, like giving people spiritual milk. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the content that you've studied is not applicable at all in in many places. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to chew down your theology To that point where a new believer is able to take it like a spiritual milk, And so that's something that everybody needs to understand. Mm -hmm. Right? And then even the way we communicate and all that, it's like it's a journey. And so time Mm -hmm. is the factor. Time is a factor, a teachable heart, and unlearning. And doing a lot of things out of the box is something that I think an American needs to be aware. uh, Just if they want to be effective in the field.
0: That's good, man. That's so good, so helpful. I pray that many people heed that advice from you. I just think so timely and so needed for folks to hear that it is a it's a long journey, and we do fail a lot along the way. And I think because maybe because we have a podcast or whatever, people assume that we've had had the smooth upward journey of leadership. But man, there's been a lot of stumbles along the way. That's a good word.
1: Yes, and I'm I'm thinking about some of our newer teammates who they want to get their language learning done as fast as possible so that they can do what they were called to do here. Mm -hmm. And that's the right desire. We felt the same way, but I want to just encourage them that being a learner is really important. It's part of the work. We are not the experts and we learn so much from our brothers and sisters and they sharpen us so much. You're not wasting time by being a learner. <laughs> you are doing what you need to do. That's
0: good. That's good. And so much we've learned from you, bro, and continue to all along the way. Just so thankful for your leadership of us, even the way that we can look to you as a mentor as well over the years, man. I know that um, you, whatever we're We're in meetings or something. You refer to me as your supervisor, which is still the most ridiculous thing to me. But, uh, man, I just appreciate so much this relationship. We're so thankful for you.
1: Yes, your whole family. Yeah, Yeah. your whole family. Yeah, you have to understand that I learn a lot. I'm
2: I'm the least educated. All my theology or a little bit of everything is learned on the job from guys like you who Mm. sharpened me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. The content piece, I learned a lot from you. And so it's like, it's a give and take relationship where yeah, we enjoy yeah. and celebrate that, that we're serving the same God. And mm-hmm. we must not forget that everything is pointing to worship. That's it. Such a good word. I'm
1: going to add one more thing I've learned from your family, especially for my sisters listening. Just seeing how you and Asang work together as a team and sitting in the back of a training hall with a song and you know whispering during the sessions and her sometimes being honest about like oh i have to sit through another training you know <laughs> but seeing seeing her very vital role to your work and in some some things that i would typically resist doing because it could feel really mundane all of the help and support she provides through doing a lot of the administrative tasks and also sitting in hospital waiting rooms as she's serving your long lost third cousin who's in your home getting help with some medical care. And so I have really been spurred on by a song because she's doing a lot of very simple service that no one is, she's not going to be on a podcast. Yeah. But to see how she is serving the Lord so faithfully is a challenge to me in a good way. That it's not all about being the one in the front of the training center yeah. teaching exactly. the principles. Yeah, you should see so. the look that I get sometimes <laughs> from the back seat. <laughs> when
2: yeah, when I'm thinking something crazy she would just give me the look and i know that i've messed up so and that's what that's the it's like so she's very observant she's Mm -hmm. the backbone she's handling everything she makes it easier for me to travel to be where i am but she's taking care of all the logistics so it's like without her that's the balance in the family that uh, we Mm. enjoy
1: i really want the moms and wives to hear that when you're taking care of your kids and you're handling the finances, and sometimes you can't go to a meeting, but you want to be there, but you need to be at home and you know that that the Lord sees it and it's important. And it's actually contributing to the core missionary task. Right. It's actually resulting in the kingdom spreading. I'm preaching to myself right now really hard. I'm really preaching to myself because it's, Sometimes I um, have to reconvince myself of yeah. those things. Thank you for modeling that and showing us over and over. We don't have to to have this perfect strategy. We can love people yeah. and trust the Bible and see God work
0: yeah.
1: in amazing ways.
0: So if you handle the admin and finances, does that mean I need to cook like about does? 100%.
1: Let's let's make that change. Let's put that into practice. Yes. <laughs> it's not going to turn out as good. That's for sure.
0: That's for sure, (laughs) bro. Yeah. Thanks so much for the time together, man. Really appreciate you and uh, appreciate really glad that people get to hear from you. Thank you.